Amen, amen. Boy, that was wonderful. I appreciate how God's gifted Brother Hobart Stevens in writing music. And uh, that ministered to my heart. That was a blessing. Thank you all for singing. Uh, Brother Hobart, Brother Ken, Miss Judy, thank you so much for that good song. Um, I was thinking as I was sitting there, this chair is just on the other side of the organ. Man, I had a front row seat for that song and uh, felt like they were in my living room singing to me. Amen. And I could feel it. Amen. That organ was making my heart thump a little faster. Amen. That was good. That was a blessing. Appreciate the good number tonight. Let's turn in our Bibles, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'd like to say a word. Of course, um, the announcement was made this morning after the service by the pulpit committee that my name had been thrown out there as the candidate for to be voted on May 7th as the pastor of this church. And um, I wanted to speak and say a word tonight just briefly about that before I preach that, number one, I'm highly honored by that. And uh, number two, I'm highly humbled by that. Um, I've had the privilege to be here the past three years, but I was here four years in the late 80s, early 90s, and sat for four years under the preaching of Dr. Harold B. Seitler and was part of this church and worked on staff at the children's home. Brother Knopfsinger, of all people, was the director of the home at that time and had the privilege of being part of the ministry then. And listen, I understand the weight of all of this. I understand the heritage of all of this. I, I get it. And um, my family and I, we had our pastor resign as well in January. And I've been praying sincerely that God's will would be done in all of this. Regardless of whether it was my name or not, and I've really tried to be careful throughout this whole process not to be assuming in any way and by all means not to be self-promoting. I was going to kid tonight. I didn't have any uh, signs made up or T-shirts or badges vote for Brother Subtle. I didn't have any of that done. And uh, I, I really do. And, and if you know my heart, and I believe some of you have investigated and tried to see down deep within uh, me above anybody else wants what God wants in this situation. I really do. Some have expressed their excitement already about my, cho my name being a choice or a candidate. And uh, some may not have been so excited. And I get that too. I understand. Everybody has their favorites. But again, Brother Subtle is going to keep on being Brother Subtle. Amen. And uh, I, I would reach out and shake your hand before. You don't have to avoid me or walk around me. Amen. I'm not going to be in politic and mode. I'm just going to be Brother Subtle. Amen. And that's all I know to be. So, uh, again, I'm honored and humbled by uh, my name being put forth this morning and the kind things that were said. And uh, by all means, we want what the Lord wants. Amen. I felt like I wanted to say that tonight before the message. Philippians chapter number 2 
And uh, we'll read three verses tonight, Philippians chapter 2. I want to begin reading in verse number 9. I think this has been on my heart the past half week or week or so that God's been dealing with my heart about what to preach on this day. And this is where my heart has been in study and preparation and just really couldn't get this thought off of my mind. And I understand the process. I understand what went on this morning. And I understand that uh, everybody was an, in anticipation of a name. And I get it. I'm not belittling. I'm not uh, throwing off on anything. I think these men have been prayerful and handled everything in an exceptionally good way. And, um, but I do know there's been a lot of emphasis on a name. Of course, the name of who might be thrown out there is to be the next pastor and that name that was given. You know, my mind kept reeling back, whether it was my name or not or whoever's name was mentioned, that throughout this process, I understand it all, but through this process, there's a name that we need to be focused on. <laughs> It's not my name or anybody else's name, but right here, Philippians chapter 2 is where I want to settle in tonight, and I want to preach on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. I want your attention not to be upon a man, but upon the man, the God-man, Christ Jesus. And let's get our attention on him. I read the placard on this pulpit, and again, this is very humbling. Not sure exactly how many years ago this placard has been on the pulpit, but I know during Dr. Seitler's time, very famous quote that he had placed here on, on, on the pulpit. John 12, 21, and it's right here in bold letters. Sir, we would see Jesus. And tonight, for a little while, I want you to see him. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of adoration. He's worthy to be exalted. And we want to look at him tonight. Amen. Let's read verse 9. The Bible says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, the name that is above every name. Let's pray before the message. Lord, we love you. Thank you for... What a lovely name that you have. Thank you for the privilege to preach tonight. Thank you for, uh, Lord, uh, your preciousness, Lord, amongst these people, those that have been born again. Lord, how precious, Lord, you are a Savior, and we love you. We pray that you would help our hearts tonight as a church. Lord, not only as we go forth that you would help us to be in unity, but God, I pray that you would help us as a, as a people of God to be unified around you. 
Lord, may you be the focus. May you be the center. May you be, uh, Lord, that which is preeminent in everything that we do in this church. Lord, we sure love you and thank you for loving us. And Lord, I believe there's a lot of other people, whether seated in this building or listening online or by radio, that love you as well. And Lord, want to exalt you and give you honor. And Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, you would hide anyone in this building, Lord, that everything else, Lord, would bring focus to you. And we'll give you the thanks. And the praise, and it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. If you will, as we begin the message tonight, turn to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, and also the book I heard one person a long time ago call it Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. Proverbs 22 and Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. The Bible says in verse number 1 of Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22 verse number 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Something very similar to that we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 1. The Bible says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. I believe a good name can be acquired in different ways. I believe a good name often is uh, acquired by that set of parents giving that child a good name. Not only a, a first and middle name, but that last name that has been passed on down to them, such as a goodly heritage. You know, I can stand here today and I, I'm glad that I'm a subtle, S-U-T-T-L-E. My mom and dad seated here tonight in this center section, Ray and Carolyn Subtle. Now that's spelled S-U-T-T-L-E. Not like the Bible, S-U-B-T-I-L, subtle. The serpent was more subtle than, uh, or S-U-B-T-L-E is some spellings of the word. Uh, amen. We're no kin to that rascal. Amen. We spell our name different than he does. Amen. That serpent that was more subtle. But uh, I appreciate the godly and goodly heritage my parents passed down to me. Amen. I, I wear that with honor to be a subtle. And by the way, as a subtle growing up, I didn't want to bring any reproach upon that good name, that family name that was given to me. And um, I trust you feel the same way. Maybe you have a name that you cherish and... Uh, listen, these all goods, they've got an all good name, don't they? Amen. And uh, others, may you, you think that your name that you've been given is, is a blessed name. I think we can be given a name. But we're going to find out from Philippians chapter number 2, not only a name is blessed because it's given, but it's also blessed because it is earned. People earn what type of respect they receive from others. 
Matter of fact, that last verse we read in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says in the last half of that verse, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. In other words, that is a life and testimony that has been lived and represents that name. Amen. I've preached a lot of funerals in my time of pastoring in Virginia and uh, being involved, as was mentioned this morning, with the sheriff's department. And, and uh, I've preached a lot of funerals. And listen, it is a different mode of a funeral when you can stand over a dear saint of God's body that's had a great testimony, maybe saved at an early age, and they've lived for Jesus, amen, and had dying grace and a blessed life, amen, and the children have risen up and called them blessed. And listen, that is a, an, a different mode of a funeral than somebody that you wasn't sure if they were even saved or maybe somebody that died in their sin or somebody that was wicked in their life. It is a whole different mode based upon that life behind that name. So a, a good name can come in by way of that which is earned. You know, I think about names that are chosen for babies. Um, we're going to soon experience a little grandbaby coming into the world. My wife was asked what she wanted to be called. I may have told you this. She wanted to be called Grandmommy. And that automatically makes me Granddaddy. And I told Pam, I got the long legs to go with it. Amen. Granddaddy long legs. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be my title as a grandbaby comes into this world. And that's pretty exciting stuff. But that baby, when it's born, we're going to have a name for that baby that parents, uh, Caleb and Christina, give their child, my grandbaby. And uh, I know they'll use some thought in what name they give that child. And we're, we're getting excited about that. That new baby that will be brought into this world. You know, some people choose names for babies. What sounds good? My brother was named Brooks. I think he was named after a third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles. Amen. Anybody remember Brooks Robinson played baseball? My mom and dad, and they're seated here, so I'll probably catch some flack about this. I don't know what I was named after. It may have been paper towels or toilet paper. Amen. I was named Scott. I don't know. Amen. But anyway, I do like my name, by the way. I'm just kidding. I'm just having a little fun. But um, people have different things whereby they choose a name. Maybe what sounds good, maybe a meaning. I do love my middle name. My name was named, I'm, I'm Scott Robert Subtle. Robert is my middle name. And I'm named after my mom's dad who passed away two weeks before I was born. So I bear my grandfather's name that I never met, a good man. He was known as a good man. And I wear that name, Scott Robert, with honor because of my granddad. So there's different reasons why people give names and why uh, people have the names that they do. 
What type of testimony tonight is associated with your name? And I'm not just referring to the name that you were given by your parents, but what type of life, what type of testimony is associated with your name when somebody says, oh, so-and-so, what, what runs through people's minds? What is represented by your life and by your name? That's a good question. What type of testimony do you have? Well, tonight I want to preach, and I hope uh, there's some practical application here, and I'm sure there will be to our lives but I want to talk about and preach about the name that is above every name. There were some names given to the Lord Jesus Christ as he was coming into this world. Names that were appointed for the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 16. The book of Matthew chapter number 1. Let's look at a few names of Jesus, and I'm going to try to watch the clock. I really feel like I've got a lot I could say tonight. And uh, you preach on a subject like this, there's a lot to be said, but I'll try to be conscious of the time. Matthew chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 16, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. That word Christ is uh, com compatible with the name Messiah. It is synonymous with the term Messiah, the anointed one of God. So when we talk about the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, a title that was given to the Lord Jesus Christ, he was the Messiah that was to come. He was the anointed one of God. He was the one that would come to redeem his people. That's a good name, amen. The Christ, the Messiah, and that represents Jesus as the anointed one. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to do some scripture turning tonight. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Now stay with me in your Bible, amen? Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says this, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now those that closely followed the Lord were his not only disciples, but there were those selected as apostles. Apostles. That term has to do with a person that is deputized to execute some important business. There were those 12 apostles that were chosen of the Lord for important business while he was here on this earth. So you see the term in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ and his followers, those that would follow him on this earth. But you see this term apostle not only referring to them, but it also refers to Jesus. And this is not like the Messiah who is the anointed one. This is Jesus and a title that was given to him 
upon his arrival to this earth was the apostle. That is the appointed one. He's not only the anointed one, he is the appointed one. The apostle, amen, and high priest of our profession. And thank the Lord, he was appointed to execute some very important business. You say, what is that? 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Amen. That's, some, that's being deputized, amen, for some very important work on this earth. And that was to come into this world to die for your sin and mine. Thank God he is the apostle, the appointed one. Then notice in Matthew chapter 1, once again, let's flip back to Matthew. If I had a thought, I could have mentioned this one while you were already there. But I didn't, so thus it is. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 23. And these are, these are titles that were given to the Lord as he was coming into this world, born of a virgin, the Christ child. He is called Christ or Messiah, the anointed one. He is called the apostle, the appointed one. He, in verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. He was called Emmanuel. That's prophesied Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, the virgin birth of our Lord, and he would be called Emmanuel, which means, listen, God with us. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. Not only is he the anointed one and the appointed one, he's the almighty one, amen. amen. The almighty God was made flesh and dwelt among us, amen. He is almighty and all-powerful. What a great name, amen. The name that's above every name. He's Messiah, he's the Christ, he's the apostle, he is Emmanuel. But look at verse 21 right there in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? Jesus, all capital letters. And the defining of that word which refers to him being Savior for he shall save his people from their sins. Now that is what Philippians chapter 2 refers to as that name that is above every name. And that's associated with him being a savior. And I want to say this, not only is he the anointed one and the appointed one, and the Almighty One, 
with this name right here, he's the able one. Amen. He's able to save them to the uttermost. They're coming to God by him. Amen. He's able to save. Hallelujah. Boy, if you're out there tonight listening and you're yet in your sin, in your sins, I know an able and capable Savior that can save your soul. Amen. I love the, the announcement to those shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. He's able to save, as I mentioned this the other day, from the guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. That's my Jesus. And I'm, I'm talking about names that was given to him before he ever walked on this earth. Messiah, the Christ. We're talking about the apostle. We're talking about Messiah. Uh, we're talking about Emmanuel. We're talking about the name Jesus, which was announced before his birth that he would be called. But I want you to turn back to our text, and I'm going to dive into the, to the text in Philippians chapter 2, and I want you to pay close attention. I believe through the inspiration of God, there were things that were accredited to Christ's name being above every name, not just because it was given to him before his birth, but some of those things are accredited to Jesus' name because of the life that he lived. Now here's where the practical application comes in. Praise the Lord if you have a great name. Amen. I've heard of some kids named Israel, a prince with God. I mean, that, what kind of, I mean, that's a nice name, isn't it? From the Bible. And I know others in this congregation, children have been named after great Bible characters. And you may think of your name as being great, one, because it was given to you, but thank God for those that have a great name because they lived a great life behind that name. And what I want to show you is what the Lord showed me in Philippians chapter 2. There's some things mentioned in this text that not only relate to Jesus having a name that is above every name because it was all given to him, which is true. He had names and titles even announced before his birth, which Jesus is one of those, but tied in with that is the life and obedience of our Savior as he followed the will of his Father in coming to this earth. Amen. Jesus not only was given a name that's above every name, he earned the name that's above every name. Do you see that? Look at Philippians chapter 2. There's three things that I want to point out in this text that relate to the name of Jesus that I think all of us ought to have in our life to have a good name for God on this earth. Do you want to have a good name for the Lord as a Christian, as a child of God? 
Well, there's some things in the life of Christ I want in my life. Look at Philippians chapter number 2. Let's, let's turn back and look at it. Philippians chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse number 5 and back up just a little bit in the text. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. And I'm preaching on the name that is above every name. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And we know the rest of the text. The Lord Jesus Christ humbled himself, came to this earth, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. We understand what the Lord left at the right hand of the Father to come to this earth to humble himself. The first thing I want, want you to see that's associated with the name that is above every name, it was a name of holiness. Amen. A name of holiness. We see the deity of Christ. God was manifest in the flesh. He humbled himself, but before his humiliation, before he humbled himself and came to this earth, he was equal with the Father. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holiness in a person's life is a way that somebody can attach a good name to themselves. Living a holy life. Amen? Church, will you agree with that? Being a holy, consecrated, pure, clean people of God. God wants us to live a holy life. When we do things that are sinful and we do things in our life that bring reproach maybe on our family name or bring reproach on the name of Christ, worst of all, that's because we're not living holy lives like we should be living. Yes. Amen. I've been preaching on that spiritual man lately and I have a third message on that spiritual man I won't get to eventually. Amen. But part of that was getting rid of all that carnality, that sin in our life, getting all that stuff out that would not only defile and hinder us from being what we should be for Christ, but more in the good name and good testimony we should have for the Lord. Amen. Holiness. Jesus, when you hear the name Jesus. Boy, attached to that name is a name. It is a holy name without spot, without blemish, amen, without sin. Jesus, who knew no sin, it's a holy, holy name. Amen. One of these days around the throne, they're going to be crying, amen, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, amen. Amen, as Jesus is worshiped and adored. This name of holiness speaks not only of his deity, but his purity. I mentioned he was without sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. There was no hypocrisy that came out of his lips, no uh, lying, no 
listen, criticism of, of others and tearing people down with his words and backbiting and all those things that could be sins of his mouth or life. He was pure in every way. Amen. I was teaching the teens in Sunday school this morning. We was talking about wisdom that's from above. And it's pure. P-U-R-E. It is pure as pure can be. I ask them, how many of you like to make snow cream? I tell you what, if you're making snow cream, you don't want to get it out of a rusty gutter, amen, to make your snow cream. You want the purest uh, drift of snow that you can find, amen, to make some snow cream. Amen. Listen, God wants the purest, cleanest, holiest life he can find, amen, to attach his name to. Christ-like Christian. We should live like it if we're going to claim to be one, amen? Well, to be Christ-like, and that means a holy life, a holy life. Now, another thing that's attached to this name, not only is it a name of holiness, number two, in our text, Philippians chapter number two, verse number seven, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. The life that Jesus lived attached to his name, when you think of the name of Jesus, it is a name of humility. Humility. He humbled himself. God, who left the glories of heaven came to this earth and took upon him the form of a servant. He humbled himself. You know, I believe God enjoys people that are humble in spirit. You think I, you, do you think it's a good thing to attach to a person's name that that person is humble? In spirit, not full of pride and arrogancy and, oh, look at me, look, look, look at what I am, what I've done, but are very humble in their nature. I tell you, the very spirit of that is given as admonition in verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Glory in oneself. Glory to pull oneself up and let everybody look at, at me. Look how great I am. That's vainglory. Boy, I like the humility of this, but in lowliness of mind. Some of you all remember those old Richard Scary children's books where they taught the alphabet. And that, character that identified the one by the name of lowly was just a little worm. I thought that was a good connection. That, that guy might have been saved. I don't know. That's a pretty good connection. I don't know if he is or not. I'm just saying that. Lowly was associated with a worm. But the Bible says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know what the spirit of Jesus was when he was on this earth? Was treating everybody else better than himself. Putting others ahead of me, myself, and I. I think God appreciates that. 
Turn to Luke chapter 22. Let's turn over in there, but don't lose your place in Philippians 2, but let's turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22, verse number 24. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted, this is in front of the Lord, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, you know, there's arguments in sports and secular world over who's the GOAT the greatest of all time, the goat of this and the goat of that. These disciples were arguing who the goat was going to be among the disciples. You didn't know they had a goat too, did you? Amen. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he that is, is chief as he that doth serve. Do you see that? That word serve. Verse 27, for whether is greater he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat? Jesus said, but I am among you as he that serveth. We ought to have a heart of humility to not want to be classified as the greatest among us, but to be the servant. I appreciate the spirit of people in this church. Listen, we've got a lot of good people, but there are people that are noted because they just have a spirit to serve. They just want to be a servant. I like that. And you know what? It don't matter if I like it or not. What matters is I think God's pleased with that. God likes that. Proverbs 27, verse 2, Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. The Spirit of Christ and that name that's above every name, not only a name of holiness, but it was a name of humility. He humbled himself. And then the third thing about Jesus' name I think we can glean from, learn from for our life is this name that's above every name in our text, Philippians chapter 2, is a name of honor. A name of honor. That word honor has to do with esteem or worth or high estimation. And Jesus was a man that had a name above every name because of his obedience to the Father, he had an honorable name. An honorable name. The Bible says not only in verse 8 that he humbled himself, but the Bible says and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know what the words of Jesus were in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed to the Father and his sweat were as it were great drops of blood? He prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, not what I want, but what you want. And by submission to the Father's will, God, take my life and make it be. Lord, take my life and use it. Lord, you do with my life what you will. 
That was a very honorable thing to do as Jesus walked on this earth to submit himself to the will of the Father. That was honor and a name that was held in high esteem because it's an honorable name, the name of Jesus. Not only in his obedience to the Father, but his approval by the Father. The Father, different times from heaven, spake at his baptism as he was there at the Jordan being baptized of John the Baptist and also the Mount of Transfiguration. Four different accounts in the scripture refer to that Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. The Father spake from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom... I am well pleased. Jesus had a name of honor because he was obedient to the Father and God the Father said, I'm well pleased with my son. It's a name of honor. Name of honor. Listen, I believe God allows us in this life to live a pleasing life to him and you can have a life That's a holy life. You can be in spirit a humble Christ-honoring person and you can have a name of honor as you submit your will and your life to the will of the Father. Jesus had a name above every name and, and I believe, yes, because that was given to him of the Father. But I'm here to tell you with the sinless, perfect, pure, holy life that Jesus lived. He earned the title. Jesus, that name that is above every name. Amen. You represent your name not only in what it means and how it was given, but you represent your name and how you live before the Father and before others. May we all seek to have a good name in this earth. Amen. Have a good name. Amen. Let's bow our heads, please, for prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Listen, there's a lot of things that uh, I believe God could have spoken to your heart about tonight through the message. And I pray you'll do business with the Lord. You say, preacher, I need some help in this area of humility, or I, I need some help in just being obedient to the Lord and By all means, I know many of us struggle from day to day just trying to be pure and holy and clean. If God's spoken to your heart, God's dealt with you, please respond to what God's talked to your heart about. Listen, Jesus had a name that's above every name. May we seek to have a good name on this earth. We're going to have Brother Stephen sing a little bit. Listen, if you're here and not saved, oh, what a, what a blessing it would be to be taken from the devil's family and placed into God's family this evening. If you need to be saved, you come and seek someone out here at the front. We'll get a Bible and show you how to be saved. All right, Brother Stevens. The name of Jesus is so sweet. I love its music. To repeat, it makes my joys 
full and complete the precious name of Jesus Jesus oh how sweet the name Jesus every day the same Jesus, let all saints proclaim his worthy praise forever. I love the name of him whose heart knows all my griefs and bears a part who bids all anxious fears depart I love the name of Jesus Jesus oh how sweet the name Jesus, every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim his worthy praise forever. Amen. I appreciate Brother Stevens picking out that good number to sing during the invitation. I leaned over Brother Rob during the uh, choir singing. They sing about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I thought, boy, they don't even know what I'm preaching on tonight. But I appreciate the way the Lord puts that stuff together. And uh, I've enjoyed being in the house of the Lord today. And I hope you go home tonight and this week and just think a whole lot about your Savior. I hope Jesus is first and foremost in your thoughts this week. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Great things he hath done. All right, let's stand to our feet. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you for the help, Lord, strength you've given. We pray you'd bless Tabernacle Baptist Church, God, may you have your way, your will in our lives in this place. And we'll thank you in the lovely name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, you're free to go. Lord bless you.